UFC featherweight Justin James. How you doing, Justin, man? I see you at the gym. You just got done working out. What's going on? Yeah, man, just getting done working out. Just working on this weight right now, uh, getting down to featherweight. It'll be the first time in a couple of years. So uh, super excited, super stoked. I uh, get to go against, you know, tough guy, Gavin Tucker coming in, featherweight. Let's fucking go. Two weeks out, baby. You said uh, featherweight. You're going down there. It's been a couple of years. How much have you had to focus on discipline for this for this camp the last couple of weeks, man? It must be pretty difficult. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a short nose, you know, and I always want to make my featherweight debut. You know, I wanted a full eight weeks. Uh, but, you know, opportunity knocked. The UFC knocked on the door, asked if I could do it in four. I said bet. I'm going to show up, I'm going to make weight, and I'm going to knock Gavin Tucker out. Let's go back to uh, the last time we spoke, man. The first time I met you was in 2018 in India, Super Fight League. It was a crazy, crazy experience. Uh, how does it feel to be fighting for a promotion with some transparency? You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Dude, you know, it's it's uh, it's night and day, bro. You know, for the I appreciated everything the SFL gave me and offered me, excluding my... 185 pound opponent um but you know fighting for the ufc it's the biggest best organization in the world and uh you know what everything is handled for me all i have to focus on is fighting and training everything else is handled either by my management team iridium sports jason house or by the ufc man so it's a big weight off the shoulders to say the least definitely man well i guess that experience back then and your other experiences throughout the years have allowed you to kind of take anything head on pretty much if anything happens in the ufc yeah, man, and, and that's I, I, I like crediting that too. You know, I credit to experience, bro. Like, yeah, I've, I've been through some bad times. You know, when I fought for the SFL, you know, I had my opponent drop out the week of the fight, and uh, they offered me that 185 pound guy. You know, Sammy uh, Abdul Sammy, and I, I was like, dude, I'm not fighting this guy's at 185. I'm five foot seven, bro. Like, you don't have to fight him, but you don't get paid if you don't. Well, I didn't have any money, so I had to get in there and scrap with you know a freaking tough guy, and I think he's like six and one now. You know, it's uh. Uh, wasn't a great thing, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it's over, and I'm glad we got through it. And uh, here we are. You know, I wouldn't change my story to save uh, for anything. So yeah, man, it's all part of your journey, your your debut. Five days, I don't even know. Three days, you know, you just came in. Thirty hours, man. They called me late Wednesday night. I had medicals all day Thursday. Mm-hmm. I weighed in Friday 9 a.m. and fought Saturday, man. So 30 hours to weigh in and. Uh, you know, I just do what I do, man. I show up, I blow up, and uh, that's what I do. Yeah, man, it was incredible. You go in there, 40, 40-something second knockout, you get a bonus. I don't even know how you could explain that to somebody. Like, you you might have to watch the video again over and over just to kind of relive it all the time. Dude, I, I watched the video, and it doesn't even – it's so surreal. It doesn't even seem like it's me. You know, like, I was like, holy shit, I can't I, – because everything happened so fast, and I was so overwhelmed with, with – people with doctors with fans with the ufc with with everything it just it just it's all blur so when i when i watch the videos and i look back is it's hard to believe that you know i did that and uh you know it's the fastest knockout in lightweight debut history it's the second fastest finish in lightweight debut history i'm tired i'm tied with charles Oliveira, one of my favorite fighters you know he had a submission in 41 seconds so uh to know that i'm in the record books for the fastest knockout debut history uh, that's pretty fucking awesome in my opinion. Well, you know, you're going in there, a lot of momentum against Gavin Tucker. When you sit down and study him, what is your analysis? Dude, Gavin Tucker, there's, it's hard to find a hole in his game. He's in shape. He's fast. He has crisp angles. Uh, he's gritty. He's strong. He's a great wrestler. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. 
you know, I'm just going to have to find the cracks, man. If you look at him as a whole, he doesn't have any. But you know what? I'm going to get in his face. I'm going to find some cracks. I'm going to break his foundation. I'm going to break Gavin Tucker on August 8th. Is momentum the key factor in this fight coming up? Do you feel like he's been out for a little bit? You just fought a couple months, you know, not even a couple, yeah, a couple months ago, less than two months ago. Is that something that's going to, you know, you're going to be riding high pretty much? You know, I, I don't believe in momentum, man. You know, I, you know, I, t- I had a year layoff before I fought, you know, Camacho. And a lot of people were asking, like, oh, man, you've been out for a year. You know, fuck, no momentum going. You know what? Your attitude creates your momentum. I could be, I could lose three fights in a row and go and start somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. He's had a year layoff, but he's a professional, man. He's, you know, eleven and one. You know, he's a, he's a grinder. He's a tough dude. He's coming in in shape, ready to fight me. I don't feel I have any momentum. I just have a more recent fight than he does. That's I, I don't consider it momentum. I just, like I said, my last fight was May thirty first of two thousand nineteen, and I go in there and I start, you know, Frank Camacho in forty one seconds. Uh, I, I don't think it was momentum. I think I just had a mission I set up and I achieved. And, you know, I know he has the same mission right now. And uh, we'll see who has a better game plan. So what are the steps you're taking to get your weight down and, and to be able to perform at your best? Just diet, man. You know, it's, it's a big weight cut in four weeks. But like I said, I don't turn down opportunity. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, Frank Camacho, seven-fight UFC vet. You're going to take him on 30 hours. You're fucking nuts. It's like, nope. Opportunity knocks. I answer the door, man. Win or lose, I'm putting it all on the line. I'm emptying the gas tank, and I'm putting my whole life trying to, you know, hurt or KO Gavin Tucker. Did you even take a break after the Kamato fight, or were you right back in the gym? Uh, I had a gnarly cut on my forehead. I don't know if you can still okay. see it. Uh, okay. So I had stitches up there for, you know, a week or so. I went home, visited some family, and, uh, you know, kind of relaxed a little bit. But I was at the bar drinking beer. When uh, my manager called and said, all right, we're ready to go, I said, bet. I told him, I said, don't even ask if I want to fight. Just assume that I'm going to say yes. If it's the proper amount of time to make weight, I'm showing up. When you went back home after you, your debut, how was that? It was it was surreal, man. Like, I, you know, people are treating me like I, I don't feel I deserve to be treated, you know. Everyone wants to shake my hand. Everyone wants to, you know, take a picture. People want autographs. Like, I'm some kind of celebrity, and... I don't feel that way. You know, I'm just a normal guy that's, you know, trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And I was in the right spot at the right time. And, uh, you know, I'm nothing special, man. You know, I'm just an average guy that, you know, put it all on the line. I went out there and did what I did. But, you know, I, I, I believe anybody with the right mindset can do what I did. And I'm hoping after all of this, you know, people can look at me, you know, coming from a small town, coming from basically nothing. Uh, you know, neither my, my, my parents were relatively athletic, but they weren't, you know, competitive, you know, in anything. I'm the first real athlete to come out of my family bloodline, uh, competitively anyways. And, uh, you know, I just to go to show people that, you know, you set your mind to something, you can show up and do it. And, uh, you know, I don't feel that I'm a celebrity or better than anybody else. You know, I just got lucky at the right time and uh, things worked out the way they did. How much of an advantage has it been living in Vegas to further your career? Would you recommend all fighters right now during this pandemic to move to, to Vegas and, and, and wait for their shot? I would recommend it all. I mean, I've been here 10 years. You know, I didn't move out here because of COVID. I've been extreme couture since 2009. And, uh, you know, I just when I, when I graduated co- uh, college, uh, I knew what my goal was. My family knew what my goal was. I'm college educated. I got a bachelor's degree in sport and fitness management. I moved out here with the goal to get in the UFC. Um, I thought I could do it a lot quicker than I did. You know, like I said, I've been out here for 10 years, taking lumps, taking, you know, injuries and shit. You know, it's, it's been a long journey, man. I, you know, everybody's different. 
Um, I just happened to find my niche at Extreme Couture, and uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I mean, I know a lot of guys that have come out here uh, with me. They followed me here out here. You know, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to say anybody's failed or anything, but, you know, after a year or two, they realized that, hey, look, I haven't got the call. I'm not making any money, and they end up moving back, and there's probably been half dozen guys that have done that or or stayed in Vegas but retired from MMA just because of the money, you know. You have to understand the last 10 years I've made less than $20,000 a year up until this fight because I've sacrificed, I've basically sold my soul to the devil that it's all or nothing. I'm either getting there or I'm going to make 20 grand until I do, you know. And fortunately I came out, knocked Frank out and got my 80K bonus or 50K bonus and uh, here we are talking today, you know. I love it. I love it, man. Who are some of the key figures throughout your time, you know, throughout that 10 years in Vegas that kind of steered you back into the direction you need to go to to get signed by the UFC? Man, I, you know, Dennis Davis has been my head coach at Extreme Couture uh, for almost over 10 years now. He's traveled to Michigan for all my pro fights, for amateur fights. You know, he stayed in my house, my family's house. You know, if I had to say one person, it'd be Dennis Davis, man. I can't, I can't thank him enough. You know, keeping me diligent, keeping me motivated. You know, when I have these days or months, so you know, when I go into like a depression state, like, dude, what the fuck am I doing? You know, uh, Roman Isbell, the guy uh, you see him back here in the green shirt. You know, working with me every day. You know, making sure I'm at the gym 10 a.m. You know, when I don't want to be. And you know, I've even you know, you know, uh, bluffed him out a couple times, like not show up or blew him off. I just say blow him off, but just totally forget about training. He'll fucking come wake me up. You know. Andrew Jacoby, again, keeping my weight low, keeping me diligent about training, man. I got the best training partners and the best coaching staff there is in the game. And, yeah, it's not its not any one guy can show me a move that's just going to beat everyone. Oh, hey, if you do this secret move, you know, you can beat everybody. It's all about persistence and uh, consistency. And uh, these guys are the one that keep me in the gym, keep me motivated, and keep me on track. And now my whole team is taking a breath of fresh air. We're all remotivated and we're hungry, and we're coming to make noise in the UFC. What is the goal for you, you know, with your UFC career? Is it to become a champion or is it to become a fighter that fan favorite, you know, make money? What is the goal for you? Man, my goal is just to have a long career, you know, whatever that entails. You know, I guess, you know, I, 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 I set small goals, you know, like my goal originally 10 years ago was to get in the UFC. And now my goal right now is I want to break into the top 50 in the UFC. Right now I'm ranked like 75th or 80th or something like that. My goal right now is to make top 50. But what I'm mostly more concerned about more than anything is I just want to remember as an exciting fighter. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fights, you know, that I've taken that. I could take guys down and lay on them and grind out decisions, but it's so fucking boring. Look at my resume. I'm 16-4. and four. I have like 14 finishes, 13 in the first round. I'm here to finish fights. I'm here to knock guys unconscious. I'm here to retire guys. I want guys to fight me and say, I don't want to do that anymore after that. And, you know, and now that I get to be on the big stage, not that I'm going to retire any guys in the UFC, but I want to knock these guys and let them make sure they know they're in a fight. All right, man. Well, I'm excited to see you get back into that cage uh, August 8th, UFC fight night in Vegas. You're already there, so you don't need to go anywhere. Thank you so much, Justin, for the time. And uh, good luck on the fight and good luck on your long UFC career that's coming. Hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate you. And anyone, anytime you want to chop it up, holler at your boy.